0: This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. Not only do we uh, recognize dads, they are heavenly, our earthly dads, we are certainly reminded of our heavenly father and uh, his goodness to us. Be honest with me. Be honest. I want a response. Do you ever talk to yourself? Come on, be honest. You know, there was a time when uh, talking to yourself was kind of an indication that there maybe was something wrong. (laughs) You know, you you see the guy walking down the street talking to himself and you you think there's something wrong with him. But in fact, um, more and more people acknowledge the fact that they do talk to themselves. And in fact, it's quite normal, and in some cases, very healthy um, to do so. Um, One man said, of course I talk to myself. It's the only way I can have an intelligent conversation. Wow. Another guy said he talks to himself all the time because he wants sometimes to get a professional opinion (laughs) or an expert opinion. And I heard one guy, a self-employed guy, say, yes, he talks to himself all the time. And if you see him talking to himself, please don't interrupt because he's in the middle of a staff meeting. Talking to yourself isn't just normal, uh, but it may be good for your mental health, according to experts, if you have the right conversations, if you have the right conversations. I was watching yesterday a soccer game, Canadian women were playing, and um, uh, in the middle of the game, it's talked about athletes, uh, elite athletes having mental coaches, mental health coaches, Athletes at a very elite level nowadays have coaches that come along and talk to them and help them with the voices that are in their head because everybody, everybody hears the voices that are negative and demeaning and that is the caution that most of us need to hear if you have the right conversations. Because sadly, far too many people hear voices of condemnation in their head all the time. Voices that constantly tell us we're not good enough. Voices that tell us we've gone too far. Voices that tell us our mistakes are too big to overcome. Voices that tell us we've done too many bad things that if people knew what you were really like, they would lose all respect for you. People hear voices like that in their head all the time and have conversations like that all the time. I've talked to people who live with a voice of condemnation because of things that happened in their past. I remember in uh, in one of the churches we pastored, a lady who would never take communion in church because she said, I've done so many bad things, and every time I come to communion, I'm reminded of all the bad things I've done, and and she would talk like that all the time, an 80-year-old woman still living in the past and listening to the voices that tell her she's not good enough to have communion. If we're honest all of us have heard this voice Uh, the realities are mother teresa uh, after she died they released her diaries mother teresa did a lot of good around the world but did you know that mother teresa in her diaries over and over and over again expressed feelings that she wasn't good enough that she hadn't done enough she was not a good enough person she constantly felt that feeling of condemnation that i haven't done uh, that i could have done more Um, so I asked the question to you where does this voice of condemnation come from and I have three or four sources let me talk about them very quickly number one first source of condemnation is from ourselves it reflects our self-image how we feel about ourselves sadly many people uh, don't think well of themselves in a commercial culture in which we live in fact everything we listen to tells us that we're not good enough our hair is not shiny enough our nose is too shiny. Our teeth are not white enough because we don't use the right uh, tie or the right soap. Our clothes are not white enough or bright enough. Nothing is good enough, and we have to buy products to improve us and make us better. Nothing is good enough, and so we live with that all the time, constantly being barraged, being barraged by the fact that we're just not good enough, and we're told that. And some people even believe that we smell. I mean, really? I mean, we, we do. We hear this all the time, right? We're just not good enough. We need to have this product. We need to have this deodorant. We have to have this. We have to have that. It's, we're told that all the time. Sadly, another source of condemnation is other people. Sometimes other people's expectations of us are so great that we can never measure up and we feel like we can never measure up. And sometimes people tell us, That we're not good enough sometimes sadly i've heard of moms and dads who constantly berated their kids told them they weren't good enough i've heard of kids that are bullied at school Uh, we know sometimes even in church we don't measure up to the standards of the church and we feel like we're not good enough and the list goes on and on there's not many people who go around telling us how good we are but there's lots who tell us where we don't measure up and how we don't do it right and we don't do this right and on and on it goes and of course the third thing that would we'll talk about from a spiritual standpoint point is satan bible calls or describes satan as the accuser of the brethren he loves to point out our faults he loves to point out the things that are where we don't measure up and there's one other i added it's not in your notes there's not a space for number four but there are cases in and in, in uh, uh medical science where Uh, sometimes some diseases mental diseases disease of the brain will cause people to hear voices and say uh, negative things to them and if that's the case sometimes we need to see a doctor we need to get medication we've started a new series or last couple weeks anyway on the standing on the promises of god and uh, it's kind of the last sermon series i'm preaching before i leave and and it's part of the the idea is that you cannot live on memories of the past you cannot live on past experiences you cannot live on uh, on on uh, feelings that you had in some service when you were 20 or 30 or 10 or whatever. You cannot live on those things because they evaporate like that. They're gone so fast. But you can live and stand on the promises of God. Those things never fail. God's word never fails. And you need to find a promise or promises that you can hold on to that will stay with you through the storms of life. And you can count on the promise of God. God's word is yes and amen always. And we need to hold on to the promise of God. And certainly, one of the biggest promises that we need to hold on to is found in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, where the word of God says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit Who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's like a wow. If you're constantly hearing voices that tell you that you'll never be good enough and you're never going to measure up, that does not come from God. In fact, that voice is a lie. And it's constantly lying to us, telling us that we're never going to be good enough and we're never going to measure up and we're always going to be a failure. Because the voice of God tells us and promises us, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. It doesn't matter what the people at church say. It doesn't matter what the bullies say. It doesn't matter what even your mom or dad said to you when you were a kid. In Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. It doesn't matter what the kids at school say. Listen, this is so important because there are so many people that live this way. They live with condemnation constantly. And you need to hear the promise of God. In Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. And we need to be reminded, of course, that God loves us and cares for us. Of course, one of the great stories in the Bible that talks about condemnation is found in John chapter 8, and I have it for you on the screen. And in fact, I'm going to ask you to read it with me, and uh, we're going to read God's Word together. Why don't you stand in honor of God's Word today as we read it? I'm going to read the light-colored verses, and you're going to read the uh, darker-colored verses. And... uh, Let's read together. At dawn, he, Jesus, appeared in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman in adultery. They made her stand. And they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery in the law of Moses commanded. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Keep right on reading. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? May God bless his word. Thank you for reading and uh, sharing the word of God with us today. Notice what Jesus says. Maybe you have to notice what she didn't say. She didn't say the woman was innocent. She did not, he, he did not say that the woman was not guilty of doing what they said she had done. She had broken the law. She was guilty of adultery. When we talk about no condemnation, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are free of guilt. We have broken God's law. We have sinned. There are times when we don't measure up. That's an absolute given. But God doesn't condemn us in the sense that he doesn't pass judgment on us. He sets us free from the law of sin and death. So he never said that the woman wasn't guilty. And the second thing he never said was, you have no obligation, you have no responsibility to do anything about your sin. No, I'll do it all. He didn't say that. He said to her, go and sin no more. Go and leave your life of sin. Sadly, in the Christian church today, when we talk about there being no condemnation, sadly, some people take it as if to say, well, if there's no condemnation, I can just do whatever I want to do and nobody can say anything to me about it. It's just the way it is. And that's not what the Bible says. Jesus said to the woman, go leave your life of sin. There is sin in our lives. And we have a responsibility an obligation to do something about it. When we talk about there being no condemnation, it does not mean there's no sin in our lives. And sometimes we have to deal with the sin. We must never make the mistake of confusing condemnation with conviction. Conviction brings guilt. And guilt turns us to Jesus. Condemnation brings shame and it turns us away from God. We don't want to draw close to God. And so we must not confuse conviction with condemnation. I know, I know as a pastor, sometimes we live in churches and we go to church, and, and, and people say to us, don't preach anything negative. Don't preach anything negative. Don't preach about sin. That's condemnation. No, that's not condemnation. That's conviction. And sometimes we need to be convicted of our sin because it's our sin And our conviction, that will turn us to God. Condemnation turns us away from God. And especially when we understand that we are usually, people are usually the one that do the condemning, not God. We'll talk about that in just a minute. You see, in our world today, there are two extremes when we think about ourselves. Number one, we think that we're often better than we really are. We think we're better than we are. We think sometimes, especially if we've been in church, we're better than the people of the world. We're better than the people outside the church. We somehow think that we're really good. And we forget that the scripture says, actually the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Your heart is deceitfully wicked. And it will deceive you into thinking you're pretty good. But the realities are, we have sinful hearts. That's what the scripture says. And you can't know it even. There are times when I think, man, I got this made, we got this all figured out, and then all of a sudden you say something, do something that really is dumb and really awful and sinful, and you think to yourself, I'm not as good as I think I am. And you're not either. That's one extreme. We sometimes think we're better than we are. And of course, the other extreme is we often think we're worse than we really are. Even, even the, the Apostle Paul wrote in uh, 1 Timothy, he said something about... Um, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Have you ever felt like you're the worst sinner in the world? Come on, be honest. You're the worst one in the world. You've done things that nobody else has done, and you, you, you just can't even stand yourself sometimes. We all tend to think like that at times, and we have to understand that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God loves us and God cares for us. And we must not go to extremes. We must live somewhere in the balance. John three sixteen is probably the best known verse in, in the Bible. For God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That verse we get, it's the one that comes after it that we often just skip over. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not, believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of god's one and only son that's john three seventeen and 18 it says clearly that god did not send jesus into the world to condemn the world and by the way let me just remind you god didn't send you into the world to condemn the world can you take that off your shoulders you do not have to go around telling people how bad they are that's not your job holy spirit will do that it's not your job god did not send jesus into the world to condemn the world and he didn't send us into the world to condemn the world he sent us to tell the good news that god loves them The same reason why jesus came was to tell us that god loves us and god has made a way of salvation god has a purpose for us sometimes we're also confused and we ask people ask us how can a loving god condemn people to hell actually The Bible says that people are not condemned because of the things they do. It says they're condemned because they don't accept the way of salvation. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. They've never surrendered to Jesus. God never condemns anybody for what they've done. Listen carefully to what I just said. God never condemns anyone for what they've done. He condemns them for what they haven't done. They have not received Jesus Christ. The Bible is never going to say, God will never say, you're going to go to hell because you stole. The Bible will never say, you're going to go to hell because you lie. The Bible will never say, you go to hell because you're a homosexual. Some of you are thinking about that one. God doesn't send people to hell because of what they've done. He sends people to hell because of what they haven't done. They have not received Jesus Christ as their savior. And as their lord and we need to remind ourselves of that if you live with constant condemnation in your head let me remind you as clo- clearly as i can the voice in your head is wrong it's wrong there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus because jesus christ took our sin Jesus Christ died on the cross and set us free. This is so important because, as as I said, as a pastor for a number of years now, I've talked to people, people who are stand-up members of the church, regular attenders, faithful givers, and yet you listen to them, and when they talk to you, they'll talk to you all the time. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I feel shame about what I've done. And constantly they talk about things like that, constantly in their mind. They're never, ever good enough. And the scripture says the promise of God that you need to hold on to when the voice of condemnation comes, be it from another church member, be it from your parents, be it from some bully at school, be it from whoever, the commercial on TV, you are good enough. In Christ, there is no condemnation. In Christ, you are loved and God has a purpose for your life. There's a verse in First John chapter 3, verse 20. I just shared it with our worship team before we came up. John writes, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. And it's that verse, it's that last line that gets me. He knows everything. He knows what I do when no one else is watching. He knows what you do when no one else is around. He knows what you say and what you think when no one else knows it, and he loves you and he doesn't condemn you. He extends love and grace to each one of us. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. I want to close by having you watch a video. Um, Let me just be honest. This is not a great video. It's not a great song. Um, It repeats itself quite often. But as you watch it, I want you to do something different. I've I've finished. It's a few minutes before 12. Uh, I finished early because I want you to think about what I've just talked, what I've just said. Some of you sitting here are looking at me, and I know from studies I've done this week, the facts are uh, you're able to carry on conversations in your head faster than I can talk to you with my voice. In fact, 10 times faster. With speaking, you can understand about 400 words a minute. But in your head, you can understand 4,000 words a minute. Like, whoa, that's crazy. I know that right now, some of you, even now, as you're looking at me so solemnly, are having conversations in your head. When's he going to get over? <laughs> the place at the restaurant is going to be filled up if you don't finish this fast. You have those kinds of conversations. I know, I sat in church, believe me. I I learned as a kid that I could look at the pastor right in the eye, and I could play multitudes of baseball games in my mind. I could just be the best ball player ever, and he never knew a word, because it was all in my head. Right now, some of you are having conversations in your head, and you've heard the voice, even as I've spoken, saying you're not good enough. You've got sin. The pastor doesn't know about what you did last week. He doesn't know what you said last week there's things in your life right now that are bringing condemnation into your heart and you need to hear clearly the Word of God so as you listen to this song which is really just scripture I want you to think about what I've been saying and what the scripture says to us there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ just meditate on the Word of God as you listen to the song and then watch the words on the screen Be thinking of the words of the scripture as they speak into your heart and what it means to you when God says there's no condemnation. Listen to the song and think about the words of God. That people let you know they're living in condemnation. Obviously, the first one is a negative shameful they live with shame eyes downcast they never feel like they're good enough they never feel like they can do enough and then the extreme opposite sometimes people who live with condemnation they portray themselves as better than everybody they're always good they're always great nothing's ever wrong with them they're super always good always good nothing nothing ever because they can't They can't be honest and live with themselves. They can't be honest and reveal themselves to anybody because, well, they don't want people to know what they're really like. Sadly, in churches, in communities of faith, we see this all the time. People who live with shame and they never feel like they're good enough and then the people who feel like they're better than everybody else, they're just better. Everything they do is better. Everything they say is better. Uh, they have no words of praise for anybody else. It's always them, them, them. Both things just reveal the exact same thing. You're living in condemnation. I just want to encourage you if you've been hearing that voice over and over, telling you you're no good, telling you're not good enough, telling you you'll never be good enough, that's not from God. That's not from God. God calls you his children. God has sent you a love letter, if you remember, earlier on. He cares so much for you and wants you to be free. And let me just say, when it comes to condemnation, you don't have to constantly be asking for forgiveness. We've asked for forgiveness, most of us. We've asked for forgiveness once. It's not like you have to keep coming and asking God to forgive you, forgive you, forgive you. You've already asked for forgiveness. Now you need to accept forgiveness. You just need to accept it, what God's done. And that you are a child of God. That in Christ Jesus, there's no shame. That in Christ Jesus, I can live in freedom. So would you bow your head in prayer with me? And just as your heads are bowed, and if your eyes are closed for just a moment, if you're here today and you've been living in shame and living with a pain of the past and... You can't let it go. Let me just encourage you and set you free today in Christ Jesus. You are free in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Let it go. Live in freedom. Walk in the freedom that God has for you. If by chance you're here and you've never received Christ, it says for those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. But maybe you've never received Christ. You've never asked Christ to actually forgive you of your sins. Then today I encourage you to do so. Find that freedom that comes from Jesus Christ. I just want to remind you the promise of God. You can hang on to this promise for the rest of your life. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death by what he did on the cross. So Father, we pray your blessing upon this congregation. Help us to live and walk in victory every day of our lives. Thank you, God, so much for what we've done and what you've done for us, for what you've done through Christ for us. And i pray father we'll grasp that when the enemy comes when the voice of the accuser comes help us to remind him that there is no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus help us to remind those around us who would love to say we're not good enough and love to tell us that we don't measure up in christ jesus there's no condemnation so father i pray in the name of jesus that we hear the voice of god the voice of the holy spirit in our mind constantly hearing god affirm us and Continue to love us and share his grace with us. Father, may the peace of Jesus Christ rest on everyone this week. Peace in our minds, oh God, that comes from knowing a Savior who cares so much for us. So Father, I pray your blessing upon this people. Dismiss them with the grace of God, with the peace of God. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody says together, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a good Father's Day. God bless you.